TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring. The flooring experts. Michaelsflooringoutlet.com. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Welcome back to Overnight America. I feel like I should be talking about the smooth jazz of Christmas. <laughs> don't you have don't you feel like you should talk like this when you hear music like this? Ben, I think of Delilah when I hear this. Delilah. Exactly. She talks like this. <laughs> but no, I don't talk like that except when I'm trying to because uh that's hard on your on your vocal cords. Hey, Thanks for staying up late with us. Actually, now early, Brad Young, sitting in for Ryan Recker. And I, I like to try to give out an email address. I've already gotten a couple of emails this evening. I always appreciate that. I'll be getting back to you first thing tomorrow morning. Uh, if you want to send me an email, my email address is at my law firm, Harris Dowell Fisher & Young, and it's beyoung at harrisdowell.com. So shoot me an email at any time. I'll get back to you tomorrow, and uh, I always enjoy getting feedback from listeners. Hey, we've been talking about a lot of things during the course of the last hour, Christmas movies, Christmas music, maybe even why those Christmas traditions mean more this year than they have even in years past because of the year of turmoil that we've had. What's on your mind this evening? I'd like to hear from you. 314-436-7900. One of the things that's going on uh, that you may have noticed. There's been a lot of this talk of the Christmas star. Now, I'm not talking about the star that the Magi followed for the birth of Christ. I'm talking about something called the Christmas star uh, that folks are calling. It's an alignment of Jupiter and Saturn. Now, I think you've missed it for this evening. I tried to catch it earlier today. Uh, you've got to catch it shortly after sunset. And actually, tomorrow night, or I guess it's now technically tonight because it's Monday morning, but Monday evening, right after sunset, try looking in the southwest horizon, fairly low to the horizon, and you'll see Saturn and Jupiter will be combined. Now, this hasn't happened since I think the year is 1623, and you know, listen, uh, I know some old folks, but I don't know anybody who was around in 1623. And that was the last time that Jupiter and Saturn aligned like this. But you can see it. And the next time it aligns 
won't occur until March of 2080. So this will be the only chance you have to see to see Jupiter and Saturn kind of stacked on top of each other, which means it'll be doubly bright. Now, if you want to try to see the two planets, you're probably going to need binoculars. Uh, you don't have to have a telescope. You can probably see this with binoculars. But check it out Monday night or certainly all next week and look in the southwest, fairly low to the horizon, somewhere shortly after sunset. I'm going to say between 5 p.m. and about 7 to 7.30 p.m. is when you're going to want to check that out. And it's something that won't be seen again until 2080, 60 years from now. I don't think I'll be here, and if I'm around in 60 years, um, I won't be hearing very well, that's for sure. You know, one of the things that that uh, has been, I think, uh, particularly damaging this year has been the COVID lockdowns. And we've seen a lot of that. And when we come back from this break, I'm going to talk about some places that have closed, some restaurants that have closed. And if you've got a, a favorite place of yours, whether it's a business or a restaurant that's closed, I want to hear about it because we need to remember these places that mean so much to us, particularly small businesses in the St. Louis area. Brad Young sitting in for Ryan Recker on KMOX. Listening to KMOX has never been easier. Siri, play KMOX. Welcome back to Overnight America. Brad Young sitting in for Ryan Recker. And, uh, hey, what's on your mind? 314-436-7900. Lots of great calls tonight. Always love hearing from listeners. Uh, it's, uh, it's a joy and a pleasure to have a dialogue with you on lots of different issues. You know, one of the issues that have been on my mind, and uh, my, my wife and I, we've been always, the last several years, we've been trying to, to, uh, to frequent local restaurants, local owners, small business owners, not because chain restaurants are any worse necessarily. I'm not trying to put them down, but, uh, you know, a chain restaurant isn't going to necessarily miss my business if I don't go there just for me. But a mom and pop place, that might be the difference between making money one evening and not being profitable. So we've been trying to do that. And what's really been heartbreaking this year, particularly this year, has been the closure of the local mom-and-pop restaurants uh, because they, they just can't survive these economic shutdowns. And we're seeing across the country how Americans are really just in full revolt against all of these shutdowns, and and I, I think justifiably so. That doesn't mean you're reckless. Listen, when my wife and I, we go to a restaurant, we wear masks. When we're walking through the restaurant, we're, we use hand sanitizer like crazy, uh, and I hope you're doing the same thing too. But I don't think that there's been any hard data showing that people are dying because of eating in restaurants, particularly in restaurants where the tables are separated by six or ten feet. Uh, there's been a couple of restaurants we've been to the last few weeks that are outside. The windows are kind of open, and it's cool in there. But, you know, they've got those propane heaters. I, I just want to support local businesses. And yet local businesses are the ones that have been – really having a hard time. For for example, the famous Eat Right Diner. I, I don't know if you've ever eaten there. I have after Cardinals games. It was right just south of Bush Stadium. It's very famous. It closed about two years ago, but then somebody bought it, opened it back up, and they were doing well. I mean, this was covered extensively in the Post-Dispatch this week. 
They were doing well, and then boom, COVID hit. And in the story, it talks about in March, there was one evening where they were trying to be open for takeout business, and the whole evening they had two customers, two customers. Now, listen, I'm a small business owner. Uh, You may be a small business owner. You can't run a small business where you have two customers for the entire evening. You just can't do it. It's impossible. And yet there's been lots of other restaurants that have closed. Caruso's Deli is one. Uh, there was a place in, uh, in in Ferguson that I'd eaten at at lunch several times. I think it was called the Cork Wine Bar in, in Ferguson. They're closed. Uh, and I've been there, and, and that was a very interesting place to eat. Can't go there now. And so lots of businesses are closing because of COVID, and, uh, and it's a shame. So if you can frequent, if you can support small businesses across the St. Louis area, please do so. Cusinelli's Restaurant is another place that closed down on Lime. Uh, they're closed. They're closed for good. They're not going to reopen. It's not just being closed because of the restrictions. They're closed and going out of business. And uh, and it's truly, truly a shame. And so if you can support those small businesses, please do so. Uh, one of the things, switching gears for a moment, but I mentioned that 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 Americans are in full revolt against these lockdowns. And it's been happening across the country, whether it's in New York, whether it's been in Pennsylvania, or whether it's been right here in Missouri or on the east side over in Illinois. There have been lots of businesses who have been challenging these shutdowns, and and I applaud them. But one area in particular that I've been focusing on, because, listen, I'm an attorney, and and, uh, one of the things that's important is following the Constitution. And one of the things in California that they've been doing consistently, in my opinion, violating the Constitution, is this, this focus, dare I say, obsession with closing down churches. So there have been places in Los Angeles over the last couple of months where churches could only have 10 people. It doesn't matter how large the facility. It could be a gymnasium-sized church facility. You only have 10 people in there. And yet liquor stores are open, and you could have 50% capacity. Uh, Laundry mats could be open, 50% capacity. Massage parlors, acupuncture, uh, facilities. And so there was really this focus until last week when the Supreme Court held in New York, they struck down those restrictions, again, stating that churches with more than five people or 10 people in certain zones and so other zones, it was up to 25, that those restrictions were excluding specifically churches. And so now we're finally seeing that log jam of litigation start to break up when it comes to churches, particularly with L.A. County. Uh, L.A. County just ruled uh, Friday that churches can have the same restrictions as other places of business. Now, to me, that's fine. I don't think that churches should get greater consideration. I don't think that they should get special treatment, but they shouldn't get less treatment either. And so that's been Balanced, and what's interesting is, particularly here at Christmas time, religious groups have complained, and I think rightfully so, because ninety nine in California, for example, ninety nine point one percent of Californians were completely prohibited from indoor worship services. 
but yet you could show up at a warehouse who had no capacities or liquor stores. So it's important this time of year because, as I mentioned, we need stability, and churches give that sense of stability. I'm not advocating it could be a mosque, it could be a synagogue. I'm not advocating for anything in particular. What I'm stating is is that under the First Amendment, churches don't have a second-rate status. Justice Alito said that in a speech just about six weeks ago, and he was—the term is prescient, meaning he was correctly predicting what was going to happen, meaning that these laws uh, would be stricken. And I'm glad that they are. Uh, L.A., San Diego County, second largest county in, in California, those restrictions are being lifted. If you look at Washington, D.C., in Washington, D.C., I thought this was fascinating because— In Washington, D.C., they had a 50-person limit for religious gatherings, regardless of how large the facility was. So, again, you could be in something the size of a football stadium indoors. 50 people was the max, even though you could go to Walmart and pack in there like sardines. So those restrictions have fallen really because of one reason and one reason only, and that's Amy Coney Barrett at the Supreme Court. So I'm glad that the Supreme Court has recognized that there is a First Amendment issue when these prohibitions are focused squarely on religious services. It's interesting. There was a a religious freedom index poll that's done every year, and 62% of respondents, 62% of people nationwide have said that faith had been important to them during this pandemic. And yet, if faith is important, regardless of what that faith may be, and you can't go to a religious service because of the restrictions, even though you can, you're free to go to a liquor store if you want to, but you can't go to church, those types of restrictions have been now stricken, and I'm certainly glad that that's the case. One of the things that we're going to get into, in, in fact, here in about five minutes, we're going to talk to uh, Shane Hewitt. He's with The Shift. You've heard him here most Sunday nights. We do the simulcast, which I think is a fabulous thing to do, where we connect with Shane Hewitt. We broadcast over virtually all of North America uh, because he's covering all of Canada, and Camo X covers about 44 states at night. So we're going to be broadcasting to virtually the entire continent of North America uh, coming up in about five minutes. So you're going to want to stick around for that. Brad Young sitting in for Ryan Recker. Don't go away on Camo X. News Radio 1120, KMOX, the voice of the Cardinals. Welcome back to KMOX. Brad Young sitting in for Ryan Recker. And uh, we're trying to make a connection with our friends to the north. No, not Santa Claus, although he is a good friend of the north. We're talking about Shane Hewitt with the shift. He's on, as you know, coast to coast in Canada. We try to uh, connect with him every Sunday night, and uh, hopefully we're going to be making that connection now. Hey, Shane, are you there? Is uh, is Brad with us? Brad, you there? I am here, Shane. Good to talk to you. Uh, Good to talk to you, too, here, connected with KMOX, St. Louis, and the shift all across Canada. Merry Christmas first to you, Brad. I hope you're well. Uh, yeah, doing well. And uh, can you say uh, happy Boxing Day? I mean, what's the correct greeting for Boxing Day? Well, uh, it's like Boxing Month these days. <laughs> I don't think there is Boxing Day anymore. Um, now there's Boxing Day in July. 
there's boxing week sales, there's boxing month sales. Um, yeah, I, more importantly, do you know the history of what is Boxing Day, Brad? Well, I, the only thing I'm, I'm, I'm revealing uh, my lack of cultural awareness, but I do know that it has something to do with giving gifts in boxes. It was traditionally something that was done for servants, I believe. And uh, yeah. they would they would be give the box. So the Boxing Day would be they would be giving a box, and you would unbox the gift that was given to you on the day after Christmas. Now I'm out. Yeah, that's all I know. That's not. Uh, that's pretty good, man. I think that's better than most people know. And I only know this because I I have a Christmas special, and it's a topic that we do. Um, but there there are many different incarnations of the story that you just told. That's right. There are um, there was for the servants. There was the boxing, the the gift. There was also the churches. There was uh, like lots of leftover money and gifts that were packed up into boxes and given to people who needed it. Um, food at times. Um, so lots of different incarnations, sort of all over, about what is Boxing Day. But yeah, fundamentally, that that's sort of the belief that Boxing Day was when all the other stuff was packed up after Christmas was done and all the rich people got what they wanted. Then all the poor, all the poor people, when they got um, their their Christmas boxes at the end. Now, see, in America, the only Boxing Day that we ever had was uh, Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. And the boxing meant that you were boxing other people and punching them in the stores in order to get a TV set for 50 bucks. But that's I miss those. That's a completely videos, different though. thing. I miss people like running into Walmart and like tackling a pallet of TVs I know. <laughs> I know. to try to get those five televisions that are uh, that are priced at 50 bucks. Yeah, we, we didn't really have it this year for obvious reasons. And uh, hopefully we get back to that next year because it made for entertaining television. Oh, hey, Shane, you still there? Hey, Shane. Oh, uh uh, pardon us, Brad. Uh, this is Matt, the technical producer here. He's just, uh, we're just getting his microphone sorted out here. But ah. um, yeah, um, yeah, he's just, uh, he has a technical problem where sometimes a static shock will take out his microphone. And uh, it's wow. happened quite a, quite a few times. And here I, I am. Oh, here. Hey, Shane, welcome back. Sorry about that, Brad. We get this this new thing of uh, static electricity w- with these digital microphones that mm-hmm. we're using for this work from home. And then when I, um, when I, when I, I just brush the, every now and then I brush the microphone and just get a zap and then I'm gone and wow. I can still hear you, but you can't hear me. So sorry about that. No, not, not a, not a problem at all. I thought maybe you were, you were pausing to, uh, to soak in the fact that the NHL season now is they're only going to play 56 games in the regular season starting January 13. I'm excited. Um, I'm curious. I mean, the one thing that gets me about this is that with the Northern league mm-hmm. of all the uh, Canucks will be, um, I mean, I guess only one team really gets out of the division. There will be only one potential Canadian team that can play in the finals, right? Like we'll never get a Canada versus Canada in the semis. Yeah, because all the all the Canadian teams are all packed into the same division, or most of them anyway. Yeah, yeah, right. But I mean, I suppose. I mean, it's exciting. I mean, what's the uh, what's the the tone with the Blues fans? Just happy to have hockey back. Yeah, they are. I, I got to tell you, I was in I was in Boston during the NHL finals last year when when the Blues were playing the Bruins. And I was actually in Boston. And I was in the airport because we were on our way. I know I mentioned to you that we went to Canada last year. So we were on our way to Canada. And uh, and so I'm in the airport, and I said to the screener in Boston, I said, I'm sorry, but do you guys have a doctor where the Bruins are playing the, the, the Blues? Uh, do you have a doctor in the, in the facility? And the guy says, I'm sure we do. Why? And I said, well, because I'm expecting the Bruins to choke. I just want to make sure there's a doctor on hand. 
and my and and my and my wife slugs me and she says, "Brad, don't you know this is the guy that determines whether we can get on the plane? Don't pick a fight with him." But I, you know, I just I just couldn't resist. That's pretty funny, though. I mean. If he can't take that joke, we were making our own jokes with Boston because Toronto has a terrible record of trying to get past the Bruins in the playoffs ever. Mm -hmm. And this year, um, it is possible that for the first time in a long time, Toronto can get easily past the first round if they have a good team because they won't have to face Boston um, anywhere uh, in the early beginnings of any playoffs this year. So eh, the jokes are already flying. Um, I'll take advantage of this on our show to talk. We will dig into this a little bit deeper later on. So some of the uh, smack talk and chirping between <laughs> cities and teams, because we are on, we broadcast reach into every community that has an NHL team in Canada. Mm-hmm. We don't broadcast in every community, but we reach every community. So um, the chirping will begin. Oh, and it will be fun. Oh, so, <laughs> I like it. So, so is this going to create a greater sense of rivalry now? If since the North oh, division so. is all packed, with Canadian teams is that that's going to be I'm I'm thinking that's going to be a hotbed of controversy when on those uh, on those games. It's going to be ornery between, you know, Toronto and Montreal and uh Calgary and Vancouver and Calgary and Edmonton and you know Edmonton and Winnipeg. It's going to be just it, I mean, there's so many Ryan, how many Ryan's my show producer. Ryan, how many uh Battle of Alberta's are there scheduled to be coming up? Every single Canadian team in the North Division will play each other 10 times. So the Calgary Flames will play the Oilers 10 times. And I will remind you that last season, one of those Battle of Alberta's resulted in an absurd goalie fight. So count me in for 10 of those. What? Wait, wait. (laughs) There was a fight at a hockey game? No way. Really? Seriously? I know. It's not unheard of. I've never heard of such a thing. Go halfway down the ice. (laughs) I love that. It's one of the best parts. I I mean, terrible brutality. That's what I mean. Oops. Oh, yeah, that's what you mean. Uh, sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we want to condemn that, obviously. Violence is bad. Violence, violence, is, violence bad. is bad, but fun to watch. <laughs> as long as you're not involved. Um, one of the things that uh, I had said earlier on the show, Brad, was that we I went to the mall today, and in Canada, it's a little bit different. There's not a lot of mall shopping going on these days. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you had this one story, which is which I found interesting that you sent over here that I found interesting about... Uh, stores in the UK using facial recognition to track shoppers. There was a similar story a few years ago up here in Calgary about a mall using facial recognition. Is this a new notion to you in, in with this this story out of the UK? Well, it's a new thing. We, we've seen some anecdotal stories in the US about stores using facial recognition software. At the beginning of the year, there was some indication that that was going away because, if, you know, if everyone's wearing a face mask, it's kind of hard for facial recognition, and yet there have been even some more domestic stories in the last month here uh, that stores have improved their facial recognition uh, by using and measuring the distance between eyes, and so they can still use facial recognition software even with masks. Now, it raises a lot of personal privacy and security issues because people are kind of you know justifiably freaked out if you go to the store and you think, they're going to be filming me. They're going to be comparing me to a database and and then perhaps even making me leave the store if my eyes are are the same distance as somebody who's on the FBI most wanted list. So it becomes an issue of of personal security and privacy issues and just a further erosion of our privacy. And I didn't know if you were dealing with any of those same type of situations in Canada. 
Well, the story from here from a few years ago was that it was a mall that was caught with facial rec cameras when you walked in and they were, uh, there was no declaration of, I mean, there was like a small video, your image would be captured on video, da, 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 on the window. Like it was, so anyway, they had to shut it down. Um, because of the fact of that, that privacy thing, when you first walked into the mall, now the particular story that you brought up, um, shoplifting was at least the reason why they said it, but they track, they do track your, uh, very clearly, they track your cell phones in grocery stores and malls too, right? Like they mm -hmm. don't know your it's you. Like they can't connect your phone to Brad, but they your phone has the number one, two, three, four, or whatever, and they follow it. And I do know this from from the business part of it, is they will use that to track and uh, and value rent in the mall. Because, for example, if you are what would be a popular store in the mall, Starbucks and uh, yeah. Uh, Starbucks is always very popular. It, it, pan and Apple Store probably. Yeah, Apple Store is always packed. So if you if you want to rent space between the uh, Starbucks and the Apple Store, or if they want to create increased value, they will separate those two stores because if they know the most traffic is from this store to that store mm -hmm. because they track your cell phones, then they will say, "Well, you're in our highest traffic corridor, and your rent goes up." Right. Like, so they, they are using it for business purposes, uh, but it is, and I don't even know if it's very nefarious, if you will, but it is concerning. Like I, I like, why do you need my face when I walk in the mall? Right. Oh yeah. And I know it's kind of troubling to know because we all assume, particularly in this day and age, and of course for, for our KMOX audience, we're talking to Shane Hewitt with the shift in Canada. Uh, but we, we all know and expect that we walk into a store, there's going to be video surveillance. I know as an attorney, and I represent a lot of businesses, I've watched hours and hours of surveillance video for various injuries and litigation purposes. But what we don't necessarily know and realize is when they're tracking and they're, and they're actually recording and, and images, meaning they're comparing it to a database, and now they're trying to determine whether uh, if Shane walks into a store, whether Shane's a security threat or not. And that becomes more troubling. And particularly in the U.S., yeah. there's been a lot of litigation from the government side. Of course, we're talking about private enterprise. But from the government side, can the government track your cell phone uh, uh, in order to follow you and to uh, investigate you? And that's made its way to the Supreme Court on multiple occasions. And the Supreme Court has consistently ruled, I think correctly so, in the U.S., that you have a right to privacy in terms of your freedom of movement. But now we're seeing where private enterprise can maybe encroach upon that. I'm not saying it's illegal. It's just kind of creepy. Yeah. Well, and I think that it's it's interesting because the perspective of that exact same conversation here is that there are so many cameras in public anyway that m most of the perception has been like it doesn't you can't go anywhere without a camera. Mm -hmm. And if you drive down the highway and you get uh, your Bluetooth gets picked up by the sensors on the side of the highway and it'll say your traffic time is 17 minutes to this exit, right? Um, that so you're I mean your your phone is getting picked up. It's interesting though because the conversation exactly how you said it has more to do with Canada of who gets the database, right? Yes. Like where is the database stored, and, and who what if someone else gets it. access to mm -hmm. it, right? So um, as opposed to the tracking the faces thing, I think it seems to be in Canada. Not to speak for all Canadians clearly, but from my conversations on the radio, that it seems to be more people are concerned about who gets access to the database versus actually putting my face in the database. Yeah. And, and so I, I don't know that we've just, have we just gotten accustomed to the idea that 
we have no personal security any longer. I think that's a that's going to become a bigger and bigger issue as the technology improves. You know, if you look at what's going on in China right now, you go into the wrong store. Now, I'm not saying we're going to do that here or in Canada, but in China, if you go into the wrong store, it gets flagged. If you say something that's negative against the government, you have a reduced score, which prevents you from even going into other stores. So, so that ability to track and control a populace with technology, we used to think those were in George Orwell stories, but but really we're here. Yeah. Well, yeah, the one thing, though, that I, I always find, I guess, both comforting and concerning at the same time is, I mean, as soon as you open up a browser on the Internet, legally with the governments, websites are allowed to track your cookies. Mm-hmm. And that's your breadcrumb of where you go. And they're allowed to connect with that and check into that and find out where you're going always. And now we, for the most part, have a track your cookies, visit this website, click OK. So we, we acknowledge it and off we go. So, I mean, our f- digital footprint is already everywhere. everywhere. It's the same thing as the conversation around TikTok, right? Was that TikTok was collecting this information from copy paste and all this other stuff. Well, Facebook is the number one gatherer of information out there and and they collect more than most of those other ones anyway and most everyone has a facebook account so i guess it always sort of comes down to the thing of if you have no digital footprint and you have no social media accounts and you don't use a browser or use <laughs> private browsing at a library then yeah. sure you should be concerned about your face on a camera um but aside from that um there i mean we have all agreed to put our stuff out there anyway yes. and we do it all all along and, and nobody ever reads the terms of of use anyway, no, but nobody, here, I mean, I should, nobody. I should no, tell my, my, my listeners that Brad's a lawyer, by the way. So I don't even read them. You know, says. I, I, they, 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 those terms of service pop up and it says, click here, acknowledging that you've read the terms of service. I never read those. And some lawyer got yeah. paid a lot of money and I'm glad he or she did, but uh, I never read them. Yeah. Hey, sustainability, right? For you lawyers, you guys always have good sustainability with that language you use. <laughs> well, you guys. yeah, uh, you know, lawyers got to eat too. Uh, yeah, yeah, I got kids to feed. You know, we. Are... <laughs> but uh, hey, I want to. Lawyers have created their own language in order to be able to make sure they they're just translators now. That's true. Well, you know, we used to get paid by the word, and I miss those days. But uh, yeah. uh, hey, we kinda, <laughs> we're coming up here on a hard break. But I want to tell you, thank you, Shane. Shane Hewitt with the Shift in Canada. Always love talking to you, my friend. Thank you for sharing the evening with us. Yeah, to you too, Brad. Merry Christmas to you and your team, and Merry Christmas to Camelwex and everyone in St. Louis. We thank you very much. We appreciate you. Hey, again, we talked to Shane Hewitt, and uh, hopefully, we'll be able to uh, connect with you next week as well. Now back to Overnight America on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. Welcome back to Overnight America. I hope you enjoy listening when we connect with our friend Shane Hewitt in Canada because uh, it's to me, it's it's exciting to be able to talk to him. There's obviously a connection with Canada, the U.S. We're very closely aligned, and yet there are so many cultural legal differences uh, and experiences. And so every time I fill in for Ryan on Sunday nights, I enjoy talking to our friends in Canada, and I'm glad we get a chance to do that. Thank you, Producer Ben, for making that happen from a technical perspective because I'm clueless on that, so I appreciate you setting that up. You know, there's some other things in the news that here in the few minutes I'm going to, before the show wraps up, I'm going to break down a little bit more in from the COVID bill. But I've got to get to this story because I'm such a geek. But 
Uh, if, if you think about members of the Army, if you know anybody that's ever been in the Army, you know they're called what? They're called soldiers, right? And if folks are in the Navy, those people are called sailors. I mean, I'm obviously being, uh, uh, this is stuff that you know. If you're in the Air Force, you're called an airman or airwomen. Those in the Marines, well, they're just called Marines. But what about the new Space Force? You know, that new Space Force was started last year, December, almost exactly one year ago, we started the Space Force. And I had to laugh because, yeah, I don't know if you heard, but if you're in the Space Force, your official term will be you are a Guardians. They're the Guardians. And I, I got to think, come on, really? You got this from Guardians of the Galaxy, didn't you? You ripped off Marvel and you ripped off Guardians of the Galaxy by calling members of the Space Force the Guardians. Now, the reason why I know, I know, I know, I know they ripped this off is if you Google right now, if you Google the symbol for the U.S. Space Force, folks, it's a copyright infringement of Starfleet. I mean, it's the Starfleet Delta emblem, and and it's it's almost a copyright infringement. So if they've already ripped off the logo from Star Trek, from Starfleet, okay, and everybody knows what that looks. If you've ever watched any episode of Star Trek, you know they've always got the communicators and they got the symbols for Starfleet. That's what the logo is for the U.S. Space Force. And so they ripped that off. So, oh, <laughs> Ben is showing me on the screen all of the comparisons between the Space Force and Starfleet Command. And, Ben, it, it, isn't it virtually identical? It is almost 100% identical. I mean, it, you know what? I'm going to take this image. I'm going to tweet it out at Producer Stitch on Twitter, at okay. Producer Stitch, and you'll see exactly what we're talking about. Oh, it's, it's, it's copyright infringement in a bag is what it is. And so since the Space Force has already ripped off Starfleet, why not rip off Marvel and go with Guardians of the Galaxy? So uh, I just think that's funny that they're called the Guardians. Uh, that's the little over the top from my perspective. And I'm even in favor of the Space Force because, you know, uh, all of our security, I'm a military tech nut, all of our security is truly wrapped up in satellites uh, in space assets. And so we needed something that was dedicated to that, whether it's cybersecurity, satellite security, mission security while we're in space. But I just don't know that they need to be ripping off Star Trek and Guardians of the Galaxy uh, in terms of their logos and names. So maybe I don't think there's any possibility of litigation over that. But uh, if there is, I promise you, Disney has very very good attorneys, uh, and so maybe they'd be looking at um, uh, at some legal action. But yeah, if you Google that or look on the on the Twitter feed, you're going to see that not only is the symbol the same, but now the name is the same. So uh, yeah, there you go. Hey, I want to mention that in the next hour, I'm only going to be here for a few more minutes, and then in the next hour, starting at one o'clock, you're going to hear the Jim White special. Now. I hope you, and I know if you're a listener to Ryan, a regular listener, and I'm sure you are, that guy has done some amazing work here on Camo X in chronicling and and rebroadcasting 
specials on the stars of Camo X. Now, I grew up listening to Camo X. That's why, for me, it's such a thrill to be on Camo X because I grew up listening to Jim White. I grew up listening to Ann Keefe. I grew up listening to Jack Carney. And I hope you will enjoy the Jim White special coming up here in just about five minutes. This is Brad Young sitting in for Ryan Recker on Overnight America. I'm glad you stayed up with us. I'll be in Wednesday night. I'll talk to you then. Audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 